0: I'm falling, just don't
1: Episode four of Uncle Dad Talks. That's right, we are back with episode four. Uh, and before we get onto the show, let's go ahead and talk about Soundstripe. That song you just heard is from Soundstripe, and that is Feel Right by Daniel King. So if you want to go ahead and feel right yourself, go listen to them on Soundstripe. And the best part is, they are a partner of our show now. So go to soundstripe.com, and that is Soundstripe. Stripe. dot com. You go there right now. When you sign up for a subscription, use promo code Uncle Dad Talks ten. You'll get ten percent off your subscription. That's a pretty awesome deal. If you ask me, that's basically one free song. Now, without further ado, let me introduce my favorite guest of all time. Period. Baby Gay, what's up, Baby Gay?
0: How you doing, Uncle Dad? We are still alive, kicking for episode four.
1: You know, surprisingly, we are. But it's good, man. It's been uh, it's actually been a long time since you and I have actually talked. People don't know that, but been a while
0: yeah we were originally doing this like a week ahead but uh we
1: had some scheduling issues so somebody, somebody got lazy so
0: oh yeah is that really that's what we're going with i didn't say oh who? yeah I, to meet, you're gonna like you, know what? you yes, got lazy
1: i was specifically saying myself <laughs> yeah my name is uncle dad so i'm twice as lazy come on yeah so how you been man tell me how what's going on in the
0: world of baby gabe i've been i've been good uh i've just been trying to read more comics obviously to right to prep for this show and just Things are starting to to lighten up a bit when it comes to restrictions, but I'm, I'm still a homebody. So I'm actually just
1: chilling at home still and just watching movies. Awesome. So you know what? Uh, something we should talk about too that I don't think anybody knows is uh, you and I have never been in person recording the show.
0: No, no. I mean, they m- might be able to tell with some <laughs> of these people. honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, the secret. <laughs> a peek behind the curtain. Yeah, there you go.
1: So you said that you've been reading more comics to get more into the show. Now, I have to ask you something. Did you listen to last week's episode?
0: Of course listened to last week's episode.
1: Well, then you should know. We are also partners with a place to help you start your comic book collection. You know what I'm talking about, David Gay.
0: I do, but why don't you tell those people that are listening?
1: Awesome. So we're talking about multiversecomicbox.com. This is probably going to be the best comic book Mystery box you can get on a monthly basis. Now, if you don't know what that is, if you go to multiversecomicbox.com, you can actually subscribe for different types of uh, levels of boxes. So, the cool part is, multiverse Multiverse comic box offers you an opportunity to basically get, you know, if you're trying to collect, you know, it's a mystery, of course. You don't know what it's going to be, but if you're trying to collect, that's a great way to start your collection. Or if you just want a bunch of comics and just kind of start your collection and read a bunch of unique different things, you can get different uh, boxes. You can get one with 24 comics, 64 comics, 12 comics. You know, there's so many options for you out there. And of course, the best part is that we're, we're working with them now so you can actually get a discount. So if you use our promo code UncleDad10, you can save 10% off your first month's subscription. So baby Gabe, you're out there trying to read more comics. I don't see why you don't do it.
0: Oh, you know I'm going
1: to. Absolutely, absolutely. So please shout out to our friends Soundstripe. Shout out to our friends Multiverse Box. Thank you guys so much for being a part of the podcast. On on that note, let's talk about what we're here to talk about. Now, Gay, what are we here to talk about?
0: Uh, well, like I said, we were, I've been trying to watch some more movies recently because I'm I am a homebody. So we're actually talking obscure comic book movies. Well, obscure, obscure, and just awful. Yeah, yeah I would say those those that are like lesser known that you might not have even known were based off of comic books, and also some that were just. Really, really bad,
1: oh, yeah. yeah. so what what have you been watching? I have tons of I have tons of things I want to talk about this, but I'm curious to hear what have you been watching?
0: So, what I actually most recently watched on Amazon Prime was uh, The Phantom.
1: Yes, Billy Zane as The Phantom.
0: Yes, I, I did not know Billy Zane was The Phantom. I What year did this movie come out in? I think 94 or something like that. 94, yeah, yeah, yeah And yeah. He looks so young there. Because I think the last time I saw Billy Zane in something was in uh the TV show Psych. Oh my just, God. like seeing the difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 96, 1996, The Phantom. Yeah, Uh released in 96.
1: Now, okay, so uh, you're you're a little younger than me, but did you watch that as a kid at all? Like, or do you remember it at all?
0: No, I, I was three. Okay. Oh.
1: He was three, so just already so knows that just kind of tells you he 's very young,
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, so yeah, my first experience with uh with the Phantom is at the age of twenty seven
1: <laughs> so I have a story to tell you about the phantom really fast, so the phantom uh came out when I was i think roughly around so ninety six I had to be about seven or eight, right, mm-hmm. and I remember when it came out, the only reason why I knew about it because if you went to seven eleven you could buy. A replica of the Phantom Ring he has, and I would see all these kids at my school have this damn ring, and I'd be like, "Oh, that's so cool! I want that school ring. How do you get that ring? You got to go to Seven 11 So I, would, I went to Seven Eleven. I think you had to buy like an IC or something like that, and you got your ring. And that ring like gave me a rash the moment I had it. <laughs> <laughs> it was the worst experience ever with any sort of like movie memorabilia I've ever had in my life. But that's why. Are you allergic to copper? I, I, this is the thing. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I haven't worn anything like that since then. So probably. Oh, uh, it's so funny. But yeah, so that's 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 my experience with the Phantom. Um, so and not, a it, and not a great one. Not a great one. Yeah, and the movie itself, <laughs> the movie itself it's okay. Like it's not, you know, it takes place in the 16th century, right? So it's it's obviously older out, way out there. But you know, you and I were talking off mic, and you said something to me so perfectly, and I was like, I never thought about that before. And uh, please uh, address that what you told me. <laughs>
0: Okay, so I I essentially said the Phantom is like the white man's Black Panther, and you know what?
1: That's pretty close. I mean, obviously, it's not the hundred percent, but yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 but like, just there, there are comparisons that can be drawn to, uh, the Phantom and Black Panther. Do you remember who else was in that sh- in that movie? Catherine Zeta
1: Jones, which is crazy. Catherine Zeta Jones and James Ramar. and I forget, I forget who James Ramar played, but he's also from that uh, that awesome cult classic of uh, The Warriors. Oh, that's right. He played one of the main uh, warriors, and I can't remember. I cannot remember for the life of me. But if you know who I'm talking about, Ajax. Yeah, Ajax. Yes, yes, yeah. And he's very underused in a lot of movies. And to be honest, you, I barely remember him in this movie. But <laughs>
0: well, he he was actually one of the main antagonists. That's right. Uh, in, yes. in the Phantom, yeah. he was like yeah. Uh, which I don't know if like the character had a, a stronger role in like the actual comics or or not. Seems like it'd be like a recurring
1: character. Right, right, right. Now, are you uh, under the impression that, or do you know anything about the Phantom character itself?
0: So, uh, not. Not before the movie, no. I know it's supposed to be like again, like there are similarities to this in Black Panther. Like it's it's a moniker that's passed down from father to son. Right.
1: I believe this came. The original comic book I think came out. So wow, the original version came out in 1936. So if you think about it, that's way uh, before Black Panther. So I, you know, to your point, maybe they, maybe Jack Kirby and Stan Lee got some experience or got some uh, influence from uh, lethal uh, back in those days.
0: I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Because uh, like one of the things that each of them have, is like they can kind of talk with previous uh, iterations of, of their namesake. Yeah. Uh, but obviously they expanded a lot more in black Panther.
1: Oh, totally. And it's also in a fictional African country as well.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah, yes. this one's uh,
1: Bengala. And then are you aware too that the Phantom was also a, uh, it was a newspaper strip. It wasn't a comic. Yes, yes. Pretty, pretty, I don't know. It's super interesting. It's so interesting. <laughs> I don't know if it has came back at all, like if, any, if anybody's ever made more of the Phantom comics, but you know, maybe.
0: <laughs> it was, uh, I think last it was like distributed by I think like King Comics. Oh, really? Yeah. But I, I don't know, like when the last print of it was. But I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I, I wouldn't mind seeing like a reboot of the movie or the comic book.
1: Yeah. Uh, would you? What did you think about the costume, Billy Zane Ward?
0: Oh man, it's oh that's skin tight
1: purple. <laughs> purple spandex it's it's so funny to me because it's like he's wearing it's like how do you not stand out in the jungle like it's the (laughs) worst thing to wear in african jungle like
0: (laughs) so so what what i think like it's meant to be is like at dusk it'll blend in you know the purple surroundings (laughs) but he is standing out in like broad daylight and this rather bright well i guess not too bright but like this but this purple outfit around this whole <laughs> yeah. green jungle my my wife actually made a comment about this movie so she didn't watch the whole thing with me but she saw part of it and she's like this this movie made her think of if michael scott's movie threat level midnight had a higher budget because i mean do you remember some of those shooting sequences
1: yes yeah very vaguely but yes yeah yeah, yeah.
0: And it's just, it's it's so cheesy i mean obviously if you know for the time it was you know
1: 96 No, and i think too this was also during that time frame where movies like dick tracy were coming out um yeah, Dick Tracy came out. I think the mask came out around that time. Which, if, for those who don't know, yeah, the mask is actually based on a comic book. When we talk about comic book movies, you know, the first thing if you ask anybody, hey, what's your favorite comic book movie? They're going to say, oh, Marvel, Marvel Avengers, Marvel something, Marvel whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Most people aren't going to talk about you know this stuff from the '90s. I mean, you might get some people who say, oh, I love Batman Forever, but my favorite Batman is Batman Begins, right? Right. And I think the '90s is such a great forgotten era of comic book movies. And, you know, The Phantom is, I think, one of the quintessential 90s superhero movies because it's so obscure and so weird. And so it's just so 90s, right? Like you watch it and you're like, oh, that production value is like, you yeah, know, it,
0: like, watch out. You know, it's like <laughs> it's, it's
1: so weird. It's yeah, it's uh, it's I don't know.
0: And like the the overacting in certain scenes.
1: Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah.
0: Watching the Phantom, like it, it follows like the pretty straightforward like three act structure that yeah. I, you know, essential in movies. And uh, the the best way to put it, like Marvel movies have kind of like changed the whole dynamic on comic book movies from here on out because like everything is is tied in now. You know, oh yeah, you're looking forward to the next thing, the next uh, sequel. Whereas like movies like this are fully standalone and like they don't need sequels for them. They, it's just something that they did
1: oh totally and I think it's also like a, a representation of where they came from right like yes. when they're when they're based upon a, a comic strip right like that three panel comic strip that was it you know, I mean that was the story and they had to convey as much as they could in that three panel so you're creating literally literally act one act two act three right Three pictures so it's like you know how you said it's very self-contained and uh when you think about it when that movie came out that was also during the time of these other because I would say this is like a, a pulp uh comic book you know very like mm-hmm. like you said very over the top very like silly very like right. also in a period piece right so it's also like in the 16th century right another, another great example would be The Shadow uh, which was written in 1994 and another great example which I think most people have probably seen is The Rocketeer Oh, what year was The Rocketeer The Rocketeer was 1991
0: 91 okay and by the way The Mask was 94 so yeah within like the span of a few years you had all these comic book movies yeah
1: and was, most of them were based on strips or older you know vintage comics I think at the time that a lot of people forgot like yeah to me these comic books were for for, for your grandpa or your dad <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah they weren't for you you know they weren't they weren't for the, the nine year old growing up. I mean, sure you watched it, but you know, realistically, that was because you know your dad read it. You know, newspaper every every Sunday, right? Sunday funnies, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's like the uh, the US or the comic version of like the Penny Dreadful uh, sure, books. Sure. Yeah. yeah, how they were they were always printed in newspapers as well. I guess of the of the time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so now that you bring this up, we're on a tangent about this. Let's say we stick with it. So I got to ask you, what are some comic movies that you've seen? you didn't realize were comic book movies.
0: Was it, I did not know Two Guns was a comic
1: book movie. <laughs> so Two Guns, if you, if you don't mind, can you please tell them what that movie is?
0: So uh, it's been some time since I've seen it, but Two Guns it has to do with like uh, an undercover DEA agent, right? Yeah. Uh, Denzel Washington and Mark Wahlberg were actually in the movie. And uh, then the, I think it also, with like they're also pulling off a bank heist.
1: Now, I want to be completely honest with you. I, I only saw like maybe 10 minutes of that movie.
0: Oh, really? Did you not, not care
1: for it? I think, dude. I think when it came out, I like it happened to be on TV, like, and I was like, "Oh, I'll watch it," and then I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> it was just something that was on. Uh, plus, this was like during those time like that time where like you got those like bro action movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where It's like, oh uh, yeah, we have two ma- awesome, massive movie stars, and we're gonna put them together, and they're gonna kick ass and take names you know what I mean yeah
0: yeah yeah because it was in 2013 uh two guns and a a criticism that I did see is that it took away like what made the comic book you know it, the comic book sure and just made it all about action and explosions and so like you know what you're saying is like just one of those like row movies of two guys
1: just shooting a bunch of people totally totally and it, again it had a fairly like star-studded cast I mean you got Denzel Washington Mark Wahlberg, Bill Paxton James Marsden I mean that's a pretty stellar like Line of people for the time, at least, right? And it's like, you know, you, you, you. People who are a fan of the, the comic, I'm sure, watched it and were like, well, because to be honest, I don't remember it very well. Like I don't. So you're going to have to kind of walk me through it again. But I can only imagine like watching that and then being like, what? <laughs> now, do you remember you liking it?
0: I thought it was OK. It's one of those movies where you kind of shut your mind off and you just like, you know, you watch that. It's kind of a predictable storyline. You
1: know, no unforeseen plot twist. I, I realize now what it makes me think of. It makes me think of bad boys.
0: Yes. Yes. It's kind of like that. Yeah. The. Uh... Yeah. Essentially.
1: It's it's funny too because I you know what I I remember when it came out it made me think of another movie called A Man Apart with Vin ben Diesel. Did you ever watch that?
0: Sounds familiar. No. Yeah, I mean it's again
1: one of those bro movies where it's like oh this, this cop has nothing less to lose. He lost everything, so now let me go kill everybody. You know what I mean?
0: Right, yeah, right. Same, same
1: old, same old. And I think it's interesting because the original comic book uh, of Two Guns, from what I understand, is written by Stephen Grant. And uh, Stephen Grant, I, from what I understand, is a uh, pretty popular with um, with, the, with Punisher. He did the miniseries for the Punisher in 1985. Uh, so I, I you know obviously I get. I don't know the comic book that well, but I'm curious like what his take would have been on watching it. and why? And why do you think they derived to be so different from the movie? You know what I mean, like from movie to comic? Is it is it because you know Steven Grant had no say? Is it because they just bought it and they said, look, we're going to go ahead and throw it out there? Like, what do you what do you think that is?
0: Well, there there are issues like when it comes to like the Hollywood production of things built from different sources is they just take the name, they throw it on, you know, on a film. It has nothing to do with the original source material. Right. So I feel like it was kind of like that. They took took the bare bones and then just like, we're going to throw everything else out and we're going to make it our own
1: i guess that's true yeah it's interesting too because uh you know what else he wrote he wrote some of the hardy boy novels oh did he talking about being old if anybody on this podcast knows what hardy boys is i hate to tell you you're old bro (laughs) is is that where you draw the line yeah yeah because it's like it's crazy because it's like i I mean come on when's the last time someone said to you hey man have you read hardy boys
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's fair and most of it is like reference in some sort of movie or tv show without any exactly like they assume you know that uh, what the Hardy ones yeah. are
1: Actually it's like Yeah I do Let me go grab it Next to my Nancy Drew book yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like come on now uh, Yeah oh, So th- when you talk about Movies that you didn't know Were comics You know what one comes to mind Hardcore is The Mask Now you knew it was uh, Obviously a movie um, And you watched the movie I'm sure And you loved it Oh yeah Who didn't Of course I mean who doesn't Right Jim Carrey Jim Carrey is a genius In that movie Oh yeah uh, and that to me like kind of solidified him even more as a as a superstar and then Cameron diaz was in it too remember yeah i think it was her her big break her big break i think it was her first movie yeah i think like her first movie yeah uh, but i bring all this up because you just discovered that it was based on a comic book
0: yes okay so I, I originally knew that it was based on a comic book but i think i heard like in passing i didn't really pay much you know mind to it. i'm like oh that's cool
1: now tell them what was your reaction when you saw the comic book? Because for those of you who don't know, this when he tells you his reaction, we'll justify it later. But it is insane how much how different it is. So please.
0: Uh, oh yeah, no. Uh, so when I looked up like the mass comic book, I found a couple of panels that it is it is absolutely horrifying, <laughs> like terrifying. We're not, we're not There's an image I'm looking at. Bad. <laughs> no, just like scary genuinely scary we had it we had an off mic conversation about if they were to reboot the mask like i feel like if they were stuck to the original source material it'd have to be a horror movie
1: now explain to them why you found it scary. Was it because of like? Because for those who don't know, the original Mass comic is incredibly violent and incredibly gory. So when if you just look up the Mass, like look up the Mask comic book, I promise you, you will see covers that you're like, what? What? This is how is this? How is this the same thing? Yeah, it's it's insane. So please tell them.
0: Yeah, it is. It is not that you know Jim Carrey kid friendly uh, comic book. So just the just the the art style, the way that it's drawn, gives it a realistic look, not the cartoonish look that you see. You know in the movie a realistic look with a man like you can see every wrinkle and like he's he's casting a dark shadow he's like bulging eyes and the panel that i saw like he shoves a hershey bottle down a woman's throat and like tells her to like keep drinking like the sugar and stuff like that and it's it's just scary
1: yeah and so the interesting thing is that so this is published by dark horse and i feel like this is like this was published like in the late 80s and so i feel like with with um during that time frame, we were we were starting to see more comics kind of coming in the 90s that were very violent. You know, mm-hmm. I think we were kind of getting tired of, um, you know, superheroes and Spider-Man, you know, and whatever. It's web slinging and, right. You know, you know, biff, baff, boom. You know, I think we were getting kind of done with that. And I think comic books were starting to elevate their experience to a much more adult prism.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, c- compare them to, uh, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but compare them to like the the Tim Burton Batman movies. Yeah. A yeah. Bit. you know, yeah. Kind of like a dark theme, but still, you know, cheesy.
1: Sure. Exactly. Exactly. And um, it's interesting too, because so uh, the mask, uh, the original mask character uh, that first appeared on dark, uh, dark horse presents number 10. And that was like in 1987. And I don't, and I think he was spelled differently too. It wasn't mask, like a mask you wear. It was like mask, like a masquerade. Yeah. Yeah. And then he came at later on as a big head. And I believe that was in Mayhem number one. And that would have been in 1989, I believe. Um, Yeah. And then, you know, obviously, and I believe, too, there's also like a bunch of different creators as well for The Mask. But The Mask itself, I want to say there's like five people who technically created The Mask.
0: Okay. Wow. That's a lot of different hands uh, for creation. Yeah. Which makes sense on the difference in like art style
1: and tone. You're totally, 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 and then to the point of like baby game. When you read those comics, it's, it's again, it's 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 so in your face. It's so gritty. It's so it's so vulgar. It's so disgusting, but in the best way possible, I think. Because it's you know, obviously, the mask is you know, the movie is stead stead you know, stood the test of time. Oh yeah. And I, I I wish these comics had that same respect and value, but unfortunately, they just don't. I mean, I mean there's even a Lobo and the Mask crossover.
0: Yeah, which is so interesting to see like I, I would not have put them together
1: oh totally totally and it, it's insane I put mean, that at the same time it kind of makes sense especially when you know the comic book no
0: it, it does yeah if you compare the comic book to like how Lobo is in, in uh, the DC comics as yeah. well it, I, I kind of get it
1: yeah totally totally uh, and I believe that the, and if you want to look for that story you can find that story and I believe it's written by Alan Grant. I I believe. Uh, But that's a, that's a great, that's a great story to read. Um, Yeah. So the mask is crazy. It's insane. So you go on this tangent, you, you, uh, you, you watch that and it unlocks the idea of, of different movies. Right. So I have to ask you what, Mm -hmm. what, what, movie what comic book or what movie comic book based movie have you seen that was just horrendous and i'm not talking like now i'm talking like back in the day
0: okay i have to go back and watch it because i remember absolutely hating this and i need to go back and watch it but it is the punisher war zone which is supposed to be the sequel to the 2004 thomas jane punisher film do you remember
1: that one i do but you're not gonna like what i'm about to tell you what i disagree with you completely do you damn it yes and I'll tell you what, so did you read or did you read like the Punisher comic books? Yeah, I, I, I've read them. Like the old ones too? Some of the older ones, yeah. I feel like the Warzone kind of captured it pretty well in my opinion. Like it captured that comic book feeling very well
0: it did but i think my issue was just like
1: that you don't want to agree with uncle dad i get it (laughs) nobody wants to that's fine (laughs) go ahead
0: yes exactly I, i i it is in my contract to be confrontational um no it's just i i don't know like i haven't seen this movie in some time but i just remember not liking it i think because like i'm such a big fan of the thomas jane one sure and warzone one they should have done a sequel to the original punisher i guess not the original but to that version of the punisher
1: now, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought Warzone was based on the Warzone comic books, uh, the comic book series, the Warzone.
0: Yeah, it, it is. It is based off of something different. But I think a lot of people, at least myself, uh, enjoyed the the 2004 film. That I didn't. I didn't want to see
1: the 2004 film stars. Thomas Jane. Yes, and who plays? Uh, the, uh, who plays the Frank Castle in this one? In Warzone.
0: No. Yeah. Oh, in Warzone is. Let's see. I
1: believe it's Ray Stevenson.
0: Yes, you're right. Ray Stevenson. But I think... uh, He's got a good look. He's got a good look for... For Frank Castle, I do like it, but I think I would have just seen like more because you know John Travolta was the antagonist in the 2004
1: one. But the thing is, John Travolta sucks in my opinion. Like a lot of people are <laughs> probably gonna hate me for this, but honestly, like when's the last thing? When's the last time he's been really good? Like I mean, really? Like I just grease. I, I I, I, you know, I'm gonna do you one better. I'm gonna say Face Off because I thought he was uh, bad. Face Off, yeah, Face Off was you know, good. Face Off, uh, but and that's a that's a shitty movie too. But like you know, it's still it's fun. <laughs> and, and,
0: yeah, no, I th- I just think my issue with War Zone is the fact that like there was basically no plot like i understand you know violent score but they like threw the plot to the wayside and it was all about i remember this guy like you just said you like two guns it was okay you know two guns but the movie where you where you shut your mind off but this was just like even for what it's supposed to be two over the top there's a guy literally like jumping from rooftop to rooftop doing a flip and he gets hit by a rocket launcher yeah and <laughs> yeah like come on you could have made it cooler than that.
1: Now imagine this: imagine you're reading the comic book and that happens. What would you? What would you say? You'd be like, "Oh, fuck yeah!" Right?
0: So that's what I'm Maybe, saying, yeah. <laughs> I'd say that's a pretty hard shot, but. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, if you're reading comic books for realism, go read a different fucking comic. Cause <laughs> you shouldn't be reading The Punisher. Because <laughs> in the first point, The Punisher was wearing white go-go boots. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. I I just I I take The Punisher Warzone for what it is. It is a a, it's a pulpy mm-hmm. action gore fest and that's all that it is and that's all it needs to be and i'm not discrediting you, your opinion i just think i don't know i feel like if you look at it like that mm-hmm. you can take it as like okay you know what i mean sure i don't know maybe maybe i'm just old yeah, that's what it is.
0: <laughs> okay but but what about you least favorite uh comic book movie
1: you know, it's funny. Miley's favorite comic movies will probably be like current time. Oh, really? Because there's something about the old 90 ones that I like. They're just dumb and I love it. Um, I, I love because, I, you know, for those who know me personally, I'm very big into horror movies. I'm very big into campy, you know, blood, bloody, you know, horror movies with, with blood everywhere. Uh, nudity, I no, no, no. Point of the story makes sense. Just a good time, you know. Whatever. I, I love that. I love that where you can watch it. So it's hard for me to kind of pick a really shitty one that I that I didn't like. But I'll tell you this: I remember very, very prominently as a kid. I wanted to watch steel now i don't know if you remember steel but steel is a uh, movie starring uh starring shaquille O'Neal, right? uh, shaquille o'neal yeah shaquille o'neal yeah yeah and steel uh was based on the comic book i, fr- I think it was just called steel yeah. i can't remember yeah yeah uh, that that comic book came out after the era of which superman died now i, I can't remember when he died but it was in that oh, man do you remember baby game in
0: the the comics? Yeah. I don't remember the year now. But it was in the 90s.
1: And during after that time frame of which he had died, all these weird superheroes kind of came out. And Steel was one of them. And I remember watching that movie and I wanted to like it so much because I was like, oh, hell yeah, this is going to be... Uh, everybody loved Shaq, right? Who didn't? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was super funny and cool. And, like, uh, you know, I, I, I liked the idea of Superman. And I was like, oh, man, it's basically like a black Superman or like black Robocop. Like, that's awesome. Right. You know, like, that'd be so cool, you know, to see, you know, representation like that, like be a badass character like that, right? Mm-hmm. And I watched it and I just hated it so much. It's <laughs> oh, because they also focus too much on making too many puns about basketball. Like, there's a scene in there where he's, he, because he works like a, because basically he um, he plays John Henry. Ah, uh, John Henry, John Henry Irons, and he's basically a weapons designer for the military. Now, somewhere throughout that time, something happens, and then he basically works like an iron junkyard, I believe. And in that giant iron junkyard, he's like basically making a suit from you know his experience, right? So he's throwing away these, the scraps of, of metal or something like that. And as he throws them away, I very, I don't, for those, for those who don't know Shaquille O'Neal, Shaquille O'Neal is notorious for being the worst free thrower in the NBA period. So he goes to shoot the, uh, you know, they go to like throw the trash away and he misses and he looks at these kids and he goes, yeah, I can never make those free throws. Oh my And it God. was just so bad. And it was like, yeah. So, I mean, it's funny that he's ma- making fun of himself, but like yeah, at but... the same time, it's like, yeah, we all know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: (laughs) Oh, man. I got to say, though, like, um, this is going to be unpopular, but why why are you guys letting Shaq Near, like, these other projects after that movie?
1: (laughs) Well, why? Why? I mean, like, what? I mean... Shaq Fu. Shaq Fu awesome. Fuck you. The Shaq Fu sequel as well. The Kickstarter one. Dude, Shaq Fu. Oh come on. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I can I can appreciate shitty shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, uh, somebody once said, "There's no such thing as bad movies; they're just misunderstood." And I and I love that idea because you know, yeah, it's maybe. It was intended to be good. They didn't make it to be shitty, right? So when you look at it and you look at it from the perspective of, oh, you know, this is what went wrong. Yeah, sure, it sucks. But what? But the things that went right, you got to find like, oh, okay, that, that's funny. You know what I mean? Like, again, I'm not saying it's a good movie, but it's fun.
0: <laughs> Whoever said that has clearly never seen an Ed Wood movie because Ed Wood is notorious for being like, the worst director in history. And
1: just so you know, I know people that would fight you for, <laughs> for that for that statement. And uh and I'll tell you why, because the person who said this is actually a giant Ed Wood fan. Really? Because and I don't make a tangent about Ed Wood, but yeah, but you know again, he was trying to make movies in his opinion that were good. Are they good movies? No. But he did things that he wanted to do. I mean that's the thing too, you when you make when you make something the way you wanted to make it, there is respect in that prospect only because it's like, look, I don't give a fuck what you have to say about my movie. I made a fucking movie. You did it. So if you can look at it through that prism and that perspective of like, hey, this is their artwork, that's what they tried to do. I mean, people love Wood, right? Why do they love him? Because he did something on his own. He did something that he could claim that was his and it was unique and it was different. I mean, look, is it a good movie? by any means, no, it's not. But is it a fun movie? I think so.
0: You know, I, I will say to that credit, like at least you, you know, you tried something. And uh, I think that's also like something similar to that is like uh, something Neil Druckmann had said, like about Le- The Last of Us. So uh, Neil Druckmann, the, the director of The Last of Us, uh, was asked, like, aren't you worried about how, you know, this ending is going to be perceived by others? He's like, I don't care what you think about it, just so long as you think something about it. So like leaving it to the, to the individual to come up with their own, you know, perspective on it, basically like, don't be indifferent, but have an opinion.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And like, so like, you know, everyone's going to cast something in their own vision. You're right. And they should at least be credited for attempting to do this. Cause how many people, you know, have possibly been offered something and said no, because, you know, because of a fear of failure.
1: Oh, so, absolutely. I, so I, I can absolutely. understand yeah.
0: that. I can
1: respect that. And again, I'm not saying that they're good movies and because they're not. They're not good <laughs> movies, but they are enjoyable, fun movies. And if you can accept that, then totally. But if you can't, then it's not your thing. And that's totally fine too, right? Now, back to talking about bullshit. So, um, so you talked about that. Now, so, okay, there's an infamous movie that based on probably one of the best franchises out there, at like least in the comic books. And I've never, I've not really, okay, I've seen clips of it, but I have never actually watched it from beginning to end and that is the 1994 version of Fantastic Four.
0: Okay, because like I don't know how many people have actually really watched it like nowadays because didn't they like pull every like print of that movie?
1: So from what I understand, it came out but they tried to do what they could to Pull it from everything.
0: Yeah. Because I, I will say the only way I know about this movie is from Arrested Development.
1: Okay. And why is that?
0: Because they make references to the director and to that movie about like making that movie so that you can hold on to the production rights of the movie. Like you have to, you have a certain amount of time to actually make it before you lose like control of it and, you know, someone else can buy it. Really?
1: I actually didn't know that.
0: Yes. So apparently this movie was made. I could be absolutely wrong and I need to go back and watch the, rest of the development anyway. But apparently this movie was made so that Fox could hold on to the rights to make another Fantastic Four movie later on down the road.
1: Really? I actually didn't know that. Now that later down the road, that wouldn't be until like 2000 something, right? 2000. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't know like the laws when it comes to rights, but I think you have like 10, 15 years, something like that. Wow. If you, if you buy the rights to something, wow. you, you must make a, you must make something from it otherwise someone else can buy it or goes back to the original
1: owner. interesting interesting so what's also interesting too that i heard that majority of their budget was blown on the thing that's the thing costume so the thing oh, is really? really one of the fantastic four members and you know for those who don't know that obviously the thing is made out of like rock he's mm-hmm. very like you know he's a he's a big guy you know he has like an orange skin and he's very like you know he looks like a rock it looks like an orange rock and he wears super cute uh blue shorts <laughs> <laughs> and um but uh yeah they p- p- blew a lot of that budget on on that suit and then i also have have read and heard that the soundtrack itself the 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 music composers uh-huh. they personally had to pay like $6000 to to finance the orchestra for the soundtrack
0: really <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, man. So, the contracts yeah. back then were awful.
1: They're super awful, yeah.
0: Yeah, I uh, mean, and then it's, yeah, no, go ahead. ahead, no, go ahead. I was about to go on a tangent about something different, so keep going. Uh,
1: okay, so, uh, yeah, and then it, it's interesting, too, because the movie also has a pretty legendary uh, person in there, and that's uh, Roger Corman. I don't you know who Roger Corman is. Uh, Roger Corman probably one of the most influential and in, like, probably B-film. Like, he is very, like, he's very famous for making B-movies. Uh, so, uh, Roger Corman was a specialist for that movie. So, it's like, you know, you have talent behind you as well making the special effects and whatnot and yeah it just it's weird that it didn't go the way it did but if you watch if you watch some of the clips like if you go on youtube right now look it up you will see so much lost potential and then what the funny thing is they blew all their budget on the fucking suit of the thing and it looks like shit anyways
0: <laughs> it looks awful yeah, it looks yeah. so
1: awful and it's like why like i mean he's not really orange i mean he, i don't i don't think so he's more like a weird there's,
0: there's a couple of shots he's like a weird brown yeah he looks like a yeah. turd. He looks like a walking <laughs> turd. <laughs> like and especially like the, the face is just like
1: It's weird. It's, it's weird. So like weird. don't
0: look at it in like a dark light.
1: Oh totally. And it's funny too, if you ever watched, if you ever see the Fantastic Four. Poster from 1994. I don't know if you ever seen Halloween, uh, three season of the witch, but the poster. Oh yeah. yeah but those posters almost look the same. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh, what am I watching? Like, and the thing is too, like, I would have picked this up. Like, if I was at Blockbuster, I totally would have picked it up. And oh be like, yeah. Oh, Fantastic Four. Let's watch it. Yeah, for sure. I might have liked it, but you know, obviously, I didn't go that way. <laughs> um. Now, I don't want to go on a Fantastic Four tangent here because Mm -hmm. we already know know how that is. If they were to reboot it again, which is he, people are speculating that they're, they're going to. Uh, who is your pick to play Johnny Storm?
0: Oh, man. I thought you were going to ask Mr. Fantastic. I was going to jump on the bandwagon of John Krasinski.
1: Oh, uh, that's too easy. That's why I didn't say that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I feel like Michael B. Jordan was wasted in the Fantastic Four reboot. Totally. Oh, my God. Like, I'm totally. glad they brought him back as Killmonger, but now you know, now he's gone. Oh, yep. It's supposed to Black Panther.
1: Well, so <laughs> yeah, there's always a way, right? Oh, you know what? Speaking of spoilers, I have to throw this out there. Uh So I've actually had a few people complain about us that we didn't call out spoilers in our very first episode about Spider-Man the video game.
0: Bullshit. I specifically said spoilers for Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe
1: Gabe's calling everybody out. So <laughs>
0: That's right. That's right. No, that part's not going to be there. But no, I specifically said spoilers for
1: Spider-Man. <laughs> I had to listen to it again, I but I've it, actually heard that comment. Yeah,
0: listen to it. Listen. I start talking about Spider-Man. I'm like, oh, and spoilers ahead for Spider-Man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so passionate. I love it.
0: I'll, 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 throw, <laughs> I'll throw a spoiler warning in the in the notes then. Throw, throw it like this, ready?
1: Spoiler warning.
0: Yeah, right. I'm
1: throwing. A, I'm throwing a sound effect. Yeah, it's gonna
0: be our key sound effect when spoilers come yeah, up. What is it gonna be? I just like chuu chuu chuu. Spoiler funny. Sorry, we're going from
1: show. For now, sure. <laughs> for now, I'm gonna take that.
0: Yeah, boing, boing, that boing, boing, audio boing, clip boing, of you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh man. All right. So
0: it's <laughs> gonna be another the spoiler warning.
1: <laughs> so so it's a very low budget podcast. Very low budget Yeah. All of our sound all of type all of our all of our sound effects are done by mouth <laughs> <laughs> all right so you, you uh, I, I had to okay so
0: for Johnny Storm yes mm-hmm. yeah, who would you pick because I honestly can't think of anybody
1: so I can't... I, people are going to kill me right now, but I can't remember his name. But he was the actor who played the lead role in a movie called Dope. And he was also the voice of Miles Morales in Spider Into the, the Spider-Verse. I can't remember his name. Oh. Uh, oh I to, you know, um, I'm going to look that up. Shameik Moore? Shameik Moore, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: okay.
1: I think Shameik Moore would actually be kind of interesting because I think I'll, if he takes the energy from like the voicing of Spider-Man, I loved him as Miles Morales. Yeah, 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 yeah. If he if he takes that energy and makes it, you know, obviously he had to get in shape. But I uh, wish actually I don't even know what kind of shape he's in now. So maybe he doesn't have to get in shape at all. But mm-hmm. whatever it may be, I think he might be a good call. Plus, he's a little obscure. You know, a lot of people don't really know him. They know obviously a lot of people know the movie, but I feel like a lot of people don't know the actor.
0: With with animated movies, I feel like that kind of happens sometimes. They're like I love the voice, but like they don't really look into like who actually voiced him, You know.
1: Gotcha. Have you seen Dope?
0: No, I haven't. All right. But But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. I like it when they pull like lesser known actors for larger roles. Dude, totally. And these people just end up blowing it out of the water. Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. So what I wanted to talk about was um, uh, there was a movie I saw when I was a kid uh, and I was so excited to watch it. And it starred uh, Brendan Fraser. But Brendan Fraser is famous for The Mummy. Yeah. And uh, there was a movie called... Monkey Bone. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen Monkey Bone. I haven't, but that sounds familiar. So do me a favor. Go look that up right now. Take a look at some images. But Monkey Bone is essentially a mix between live action and like clay animation and like CG. And essentially what happens is uh, the main character played by Brendan Fraser, his name is Stu. Stu basically is a cartoon artist doing his thing. And he ends up he ends up essentially dying, but he ends up getting um, in a coma. Well, in the coma, takes him to, I believe, what's called Darktown. And Darktown is essentially like, I guess I would say like purgatory, basically. This is where basically everybody goes when they're about to die or they're like waiting, they're like, you know, stuck in some sort of like, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're in the waiting room of death, basically. Either they're going to make it or they're going to go to heaven or they're going to go to hell or they're going to go back to life. So uh, Brendan Fraser is stuck there. He's trying, he's basically trying to get things together, trying to get him, get himself out of there. But he meets this character named Monkey Boat. Okay. Monkey Boat is this weird little monkey. Um, mm-hmm. He's he just, he's very gross. He he's talks very dirty. He's all about, you know, spanking it in a bunch of different ways and uh, all he wants to do Mm -hmm. is go back and be human. So how does he do that? He trucks, you know, Stu, Brendan Fraser and they basically switch bodies and he goes up, A monkey bone goes into Stu's body and basically becomes human. Now, in order for Stu to fight him, he has to become human again, but he has to get a a loner body. Mm -hmm. So who does he get that loner body from? From Whoopi Goldberg. What? (laughs) Whoopi Goldberg gives him the loner body and guess who the loner body is? It's, uh, oh my God. I forgot his name. Chris Kattan. Chris Kattan, who's famous on from SNL. And Rose, Rose McGowan's also in the movie as well. But yeah, and so, he, you know, chaos ensues. It's a crazy good time. But I bring it up because it's a mix between, like, Beetlejuice. I forget what it's called, but there was, like, some some weird movie about being dead. And they were, like, watching it. And then she had, like, a, a dead, invisible uh, best friend. Uh-huh. I don't know if you know what I'm saying. No, uh, yeah, I can describe no. it very poorly. But anyways, it's a very weird, weird Movie, but it's based on a comic book called Darktown. Interesting. I've never read the movie Darktown, or I read read the comic book Darktown. But it's a Canadian uh, comic book, and it's supposed to be like insane as well. And I bring it up because it's one of the most original-looking movies as far as like the visuals go. Like Mm -hmm. the the way again, it's very Beetlejuice-esque. Where you know, in Beetlejuice, when they you're in the world of you know Beetlejuice himself, it's very unique and full of character and color, right? right it's that's kind of what what monkey bone does it's it's very much a weird like collection of like grays but color at the same time huh. so if you ever get the chance so a favor watch it let me know what you think i know it's hard to talk about it because you haven't seen it but you gotta watch it it's very interesting
0: I'll, I'll have to find it. Cause I, I do like Brennan Fraser.
1: I do too, I guess.
0: <laughs> well, he, he's in doom patrol now too.
1: Oh, that's right. He plays, he plays, um, I don't know the character's name, but thing looking guy, yeah. right? Like, yeah, I don't know anything about doom patrol. So yeah.
0: Well, well, I mean, there's a whole thing we can talk about, like uh thievery and comic books for a different episode, but yes. apparently doom patrol was rumored to have been stolen. The idea stolen, uh, from Jack Kirby by Stanley. Really? Uh, when he went to DC. Yeah. And, uh, like right before doom patrol came out uh the x-men were announced wow. yeah
1: yeah interesting uh, oh, he's we're just called out. robot man robot man yeah, yeah. But that's played it's by original Kong. names
0: by brandon fraser
1: oh that is by brandon fraser yeah okay yeah wow that makes sense because he was always like in those weird like movies like that mm-hmm. um yeah it's funny because that movie had a um, a budget of 75 million dollars and it only made seven million oh yeah that's I mean, rough horrendous horrendous and then bridget fonda was in it too. that's right yeah it's a big a uh, lot of talent in that movie again a lot of talent but nowhere
0: yeah i mean you, you get that with these apparently
1: dude totally and i think and there's so many other movies you know we didn't talk about but like you know I, I think dabbling in the world of those comic movies is great because we're forgetting a lot about where we came from in the worlds of marvel you know marvel movies and dc mm-hmm. movies no for DC sure movies definitely are not they're definitely not great some of them were not great Uh, Some of them are better than Mm -hmm. others. And obviously, you know, the big thing ever you can't wait for is the Zack Snyder cut. cut. You have the Zack Snyder cut of uh, of, uh, Justice League, right?
0: Uh-huh. So uh no, go ahead keep going, actually.
1: Oh, no, please you go ahead.
0: Oh no, I was gonna say with the Snyder Cut, like I'm I'm excited to see like how different it's gonna be, but like how much is it actually going to change the plot of the movie?
1: Dude, apparently there's whole new characters in there.
0: Yeah, you have dark side, but like That's a pretty
1: big deal, dude.
0: Well, one, like how many how many of these panels like were made beforehand or how much money are they throwing to make this because fans wanted it?
1: Ooh, you think it might be like uh like paid in there extra?
0: Yeah, I think they paid in extra. Like they probably had scenes shot for. It, but there's no way they did all the visuals for it.
1: Really? Yeah, yeah.
0: I I, I think so. DC fans, I want you
1: to come at baby game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think technically the Snyder Cut did not exist until people started demanding it.
1: That's bullshit because they had to have it, is it? Why else would they?
0: I think they had the idea. They had the part of the production, but I don't think they got far enough to say that like. The film is actually there. Really? Yes, I think they're they're spending a lot of time and money to actually finish up the visuals for it. Cause you know how sometimes you get outtakes from older movies, sure, and you have like you know they have just the the panels drawn, right, and right. stuff like that. I think it's more like that, except obviously a little bit further along.
1: Wow. Controversial. I hope everybody, everybody better go shit on baby game.
0: <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that's bad though. Cause like you have this outcry for, you know, a premise that is a fantastic idea sure. that people love to see. And most people think was butchered. It's kind of like how, what they did with the Sonic movie. True. You know, yeah. How all this fan outcry it enacted change. So I think it's actually a good thing.
1: Yeah, you know what? That's actually for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, speaking of uh of money, we have to uh, pay some bills. So I have to ask you something. I have to ask you, where is the number one place that you would go to buy a collectible based on these shitty movies?
0: So, <laughs> if you want any type of collectible, like if I go to. San Diego Comic-Con or whatever convention. One of my first stops actually is Sideshow Collectibles. Sideshow
1: Collectibles. What is that? Tell me about that.
0: So uh, Sideshow Collectibles is one of the biggest, if not the biggest name out there for collectibles for anything comic book, pop culture, uh, movie replicas. All of this stuff can be found at sideshow.com.
1: But But you know what? they'd be doing us a big favor if they do it this way instead. If you go to our website, UncleDadComics.com, the very bottom, you'll see a section that says our sponsors. If you could do us a favor, go click that link to Sideshow Collectibles. Check out their stuff, man. That's all we ask you to do is check out their stuff. They have a lot of great stuff. Every click from our website to Sideshow Collectibles helps out this podcast. So please, Make sure you go do that. Check them out, please, because they're they got some great stuff. Like even not just like toys and figures. Like let's say you're not into that. There, there are their art prints are incredible. Like one of the ones I want to get. They have this beautiful art print of Catwoman uh, to celebrate the um, the Catwoman 80th anniversary. Look that up. It's a, it's, a, it's so great. And you can get them framed, not framed. Like you, can, and they're all hand signed. Like it's great quality stuff. And like Baby Game said, it's the place to go for collectibles. So please help us out. Go check them out. Go to our website, and then go to their website. Have a good time. We really appreciate that, uh, Baby Game. Yeah, <laughs> I was there a delay.
0: There. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. Oh, I don't know. I thought you were going to say something else. You just say Baby Gabe, but then continue.
1: Baby Gabe, uh, I had a lot of fun talking about this night, man. It's a very fun subject.
0: Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It's nice to to go back and see like basically kind of, like, the original comic book movies. Oh yeah, totally. And, and see how much they've they've changed. Totally, I, I kind of miss those times. Honestly.
1: Oh, you're right. Because, I mean, there's still there's still original ideas coming out, but I feel like now they're more for like shows, right? Like, oh, let's get this TV. Like,
0: I mean, look, think about yes, this. Yes, which I get. Totally.
1: And I feel like we're always going back to The Walking Dead. But like The Walking Dead is the best example. It was a comic book that really... Only a few people knew really what it was. Mm-hmm. And when it came out there, it changed the world. And I think because of uh, shows like that, we're going to, I mean, look at The Boys. Yeah. The Boys is on Amazon Prime, right? The Boys is, is insane. Going out in. um, Doom, Doom Patrol is also a good mm-hmm. example too. You know, Doom Patrol, you know. Um, something we didn't talk about, and I, we'll save it for a different episode, but Swamp Thing is one of the best characters I think ever written. And Swamp Thing had a show on DCEU. And I know they canceled it very fast. And it was probably one of the best shows they've had.
0: Did you see, though, that the CW actually bought uh, rights to Swamp oh, yeah, Thing? Yeah. So guess, potentially yeah, second yeah.
1: season? Oh, they should be. There's no yeah, reason. They yeah.
0: Be. I hope they bring back, like, original, like, crew, though.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because the guy who plays Swamp Thing is Derek Mears. Mm-hmm. And I actually met that gentleman, and I doubt he's listening. But if you are listening, Derek Mears, you are you are amazing, and I love you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, such a sweetheart. He was such a sweetheart of a guy, like such a nice person. That's awesome. I have a uh, multiple of his stuff signed in my house. It's, he's a great guy. Um, but yeah, if you uh, if you if you ever get the chance, and like you watch something, you gotta watch him also in uh, *Cursed*, which is a uh, werewolf movie. Oh, okay. Uh, directed by Wes Craven. Oh, really. Yeah, he plays the world. Oh, nice. And then uh, also watch uh, the Friday the 13th remake. He's, he's in that as well. And I think- Oh, I saw that one. Der- yeah, when Derek Mears played uh, Friday the 13th, or sorry, when he played Jason, mm-hmm. a lot of people are probably going to hate me for this, but honestly, he added so much life to that character that I think was missing for Jason. And Jason, you know, it really is a silent type, right? Oh, yeah. But he added a different type of energy, I felt to that character than other people had.
0: Well, I mean, like it's just because like a protagonist antagonist, whatever they end up being is silent. Like how they still portray themselves. Like there's their stance, you know, the feeling that they get, they, they put out makes a big difference.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I wanted to do this, to do this topic again, because I feel like there's lots of movies we need to cover.
0: Oh, I'm sure plenty. And also like, just like bigger name comic book movies that, that have flopped. Oh, yeah. that would be yeah. a good one too. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally.
1: Totally. <laughs> um, but as always, I have to say thank you everybody for listening. It's a little bit of a shorter episode, but that's okay. We got some very special stuff coming up. I don't want to talk about it yet, but maybe again, we got some good guests coming, don't we?
0: Yes, we do. I'm very excited.
1: Yes. Very, uh, very big guests coming back to the show. Uh, we're going to talk about some more stuff throughout the coming weeks. Um, yeah, it is always go to Uncledadcomics.com. If you go there, you'll find everything kind of happening in the world with Uncle Dad. If you go to our Instagram, follow us at Uncle Dad Comic. And of course, follow Baby Gabe at underground Meeple. And go to his website too, UndergroundMeeple.com as you're supporting him and supporting us. That's the best thing we care about here, supporting each other. So please, as always, take care of each other, love each other. And before I go, Baby Gabe, what is your this week's comic book recommendation?
0: So what I've been reading, uh, which is probably going to be a whole nother topic we're going to do for a different episode about conspiracy theories in uh, comic books, but I've been reading Deep State by Justin Jordan. And it, it kind of gives you that X-Files type of feeling for it about, you know, there's things that the government isn't telling us aliens, stuff like that. But what I like about it is like each volume is almost like a, a monster of the week type of feeling. So you either have like... <laughs> Different obstacles, different antagonists that they come across each volume, but it still ties into an overarching story. So I would check that out. Deep State by Justin Jordan.
1: Awesome. And where can you find that at? Comixology?
0: Comixology. If you would like to sponsor us Comixology, please let us know.
1: Please, please. We'd appreciate that.
0: Email at us at what will be the new email, uh, babygabe at uncledadcomics.com.
1: Oh, he's really good now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's right. Baby Gabe is going to become official. I can't wait. That's right. And
0: if you guys do want an Instagram for Baby Gabe, just me. I'm not very entertaining, but if you would follow, we
1: will make one. Yes, oh, we're going to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, take care. We'll see you next week.